It continues to go forward, and the battle belongs to the Lord. So tuck yourselves into the safety and the joy and the peace and the promises of God and know that we are fine, even in the midst of all that is not fine. Thank you, Lord God. We declare that your will be done, O God, on earth, in and through us, as it's being done and declared in heaven. Lord God, that your will be done, your kingdom come, like Jesus taught us to pray. I thank you, Lord, for delivering us from evil and from the evil one and for leading us not into temptation and the temptations we are led into, Lord God, are also trials that Satan is putting upon you to keep us. So I pray that you'd pass all your tests, Lord God, and we'd all come out of this with flying colors. Thank you, Jesus. You passed your test. You died on the cross. You gave up your life. You didn't turn back. You didn't freak out. You didn't cowered down on us. You went forward and you did what needed to be done to declare and and obtain eternal salvation and justification, eternal life for all of us. Whosoever will ask or call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I thank you, Lord, for giving us then also power over the enemy. Thank you for doing that, Lord, power to bind and to loose, to forgive even our enemies, to love those who hate us, Lord, and to walk in a place of peace, even in the midst of a absolute her hurricane of evil, Father. And we thank you, Jesus, that um, you promised that you protect us as well, that you're a strong tower. The righteous run into and are safe. We can rejoice even in the midst of all of this because it is just simply indications of your soon return. And we thank you, Lord, whether that soon is two months or two years or 20 years, it doesn't matter. For us, there is a return and we will all stand before the judgment seat on our own someday to give an account of what we've done and already you already know all of it, but we thank you for the promises and for the prospect of eternal life, Father, for heaven. And we thank you now for giving us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to receive the revelation of your love and truth and that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that you keep each one, even those who are struggling, draw them into the fullness of your safety, Father God, and truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, here we are. Here we are. You're going to go to Genesis, I yeah. understand, right yeah. now. Yeah, thank and you. Let's, yeah, let's we're going hear to, what you're well, saying. Well, we're talking today about, amen, we're talking today about being angry and sinning not. So always the best thing to do when you're wanting to check something out is go to the very first places or original places that, that was first mentioned in the Bible, um, sin, and in this case, the, the, the sin, the feud, the anger, between Cain and Abel, and if you go to Genesis chapter 4, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's very worth your reading because there's a lot of stuff in there. Um, Cain, Cain was a tiller of the ground. He was, you know, like a gardener. And Abel took up keeping sheep, so he was a, a herdsman. And in the process of time, verse 3 of 4, um, Cain brought his offering to the Lord, which was the fruit of his, of, of his labors, I suppose some vegetables or something. And Abel brought the firstling of his flocks, brought a lamb. So they both made their offerings to God. But God did not respect Cain's offering. Um, and, and Cain was very angry. Two things, very angry, and his countenance fell. He was upset. He was mad. Um, and so then here's what happened. So you say, well, first of all, why did God respect one and not the other? Well, 
I'm sure in their conversations that we don't have listed here, there was an indication that, that the blood, the shedding of the blood was going to be the atonement for sin that was going to be manifested through Jesus Christ. So the sacrificing of the lamb was a foreshadowing of that, not the labor of one's hands as Cain's offering represented. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you, why are you angry? So God is telling us this is what anger looks like. Your countenance falls, get upset. Why and your count, why has your countenance fallen? So all people people who are angry, their face, their their um, demeanor, their position, their disposition becomes fallen. Um, he says, if you do well, this is God talking. You will will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you that you should rule, but you should rule over it. So he was, now here we have the first word, sin. Sin lies at the door. Um, it's like a crouching something, entity, crouching at the door, lies at the door, waiting to grab you if you don't shape up. If you, if you open that door to bitterness and anger, it will get you. <laughs> It'll snap on you. It'll rule over you. And so, um, but Cain, he had this warning from God. Then he went and talked to his brother, Abel. And it came to pass, they were having this conversation. I think their relationship was deteriorating um, when they were in the field. And Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. We're assuming he took some blunt object or hit him or something like that. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? And he says, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? In other words, it's not my problem. Where is he? You know where he is. And And then God said to him, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the from the ground. So here we have the first indication of blood, the voice of of the crying from the ground of the blood, the blood guilt, the shedding of blood, murder, the life of the flesh is in the blood. So when Cain killed Abel, Abel's blood began to testify from the ground to the injustice that was committed against Abel. Um, and so then God goes on to say, no, so now you are you are cursed from the earth which has opened its mouth to receive your bl- brother's blood from your hand. So the, the earth was now turned against Cain because it had to swallow up Abel's blood. It had to um, be defiled with this shedding of the innocent blood. And so then for God says the curse, the, the appropriate curse for you is that now the ground, you're the tiller of the ground, um, won't work for you anymore. The ground will not bring forth, um, shall no longer yield its strength to you. Um, you shall be a fugitive and a vagabond. And the, the Lord said, Cain says, this is too much punishment for me. I can't bear it. And then God says, okay, we'll put a mark on you because Cain was afraid he was going to be killed by anyone who found him. And that's the beginning of the story of anger, sin, injustice. Um, and, and Jerry, in Psalm 4, um, can you read that? Um, I think that's Psalm 4, 4. We're kind yeah, of looking it's, through it, well, it's, it's a scripture that's also quoted in Ephesians 4. Um, 26, 26 yeah. mm-hmm. Psalm 4, 4, it says, um, be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your own heart on your bed and be still, Selah. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. Okay. Be and ang- so... Be angry and sin not. That's the same thing Ephesians says. Well, well yeah, because, yeah, Ephesians... Paul is quoting to the church at Ephesus that mm-hmm. this this very psalm. Mm-hmm. But if you go back to you know Cain and Abel, Cain uh, he got angry. 
mm-hmm. because he was rejected for doing the wrong thing. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was really it was really his fault, right? That he he got he get angry at God, he got angry at uh, Abel Abel yeah. because he had done the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. So so the fault is not with Abel, the fault is not with God. The, apparently he knew better. He says, well, this is what I think is going to be pleasing to God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He wanted to please God, but he, he came about it the wrong way. Okay. And then he lies. He says, where is your brother? He says, I don't know where he is. Well, you in, know, <laughs> in, in Ephesians God chapter, said that to him. chapter 4, verse 26 and 7, it says, we, we see that same quote, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. This is something new now from the first, be angry and do not sin, nor give place to the devil. So in other words, when we are angry and we hold on to that anger overnight, um, and first of all, let's go back to be angry and sin not. There is a place for anger. There is a time for anger. There's a place and a time. Anger is, what is anger? Well, anger is two things. Anger is a sensitivity to injustice and anger is also an energy or a desire to fix that injustice. So there is a right place for anger. Jesus himself um, experienced anger in, in, when he um, looked at, in, I think it's chapter, chapter Mark, chapter... Mark. Mark chapter 3. Well, going back to kind of the definitions of anger, anger is like, um, it means a desire or passion. It's kind of an agitation. Energy, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a violent passion or a bore an abhorrence, hatred, or indignation. If something's wrong here and it bothers me, okay? Mm-hmm. Wrath is then the outburst of that anger. In other words, it's it's a passion and rage. So he was he was angry and then basically his anger pl- led place. to murder. Exactly. And if and if you think of two in the history of the, the long bloody history of the world, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's anger and, and wrath that just keeps going. It just Rising keeps going. It, it keeps it Well, keeps what does going. it do? And it's held. It's held for years and years. And so you have wars. You have war, murders. Hatred between races. Hatred between mm-hmm. uh, countries. Hatred from, you know, leader to man leader to because man, of yes. angry. Yeah. Uh, because of um, anger that just. It just goes on and on. Well, in other words, more and more. In other words, murder. It's exactly what the Bible says. They're they're the sun is going down over and over and over again on the anger, and the anger it's not been dealt with. The anger just gets passed from generation to generation. It's like, well, you know, you you need to hate. You always you hate all Muslims. Muslims hate all Jews or whatever Mm -hmm. you know the situation is. But looking at Jesus in Mark chapter three. So he's in the synagogue. I'll just read it there. Uh, Verse 1 of Mark chapter 3. And he entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a withered hand. And they watched him closely whether he would heal heal him on the Sabbath so they might accuse him. So they just want to get him in trouble. They think, okay, he's got a reputation for healing. Is he going to do it here now? And if he does, boy, we're going to get him. And uh, verse 3, then he said to the man who had the withered hand, step forward. Mm-hmm. And he said to them, to the people there, the ones that were wanting to um, accuse him, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. They didn't say anything. And that was good. You know, 
that they were shutting up at that point. So when he had looked around them, mm-hmm. around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their heart, he wow. said to the man, stretch out your hand, and he stretched out, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. So Jesus was angry, agitated against this, the this hardness religious of heart, spirit, yeah. mm-hmm. and then he was grieved. So there was anger and grief and, you combined know, together because their hearts were so hard. They cared more about their petty rules mm-hmm. than they did Traditions. about the well-being of another human being. Well, I think part of the test for Jesus right here was that it was he could see through their hardness of heart and their wickedness uh, and their lack of love and compassion, and he had overcome his temptation to be angry and just walk away because of the hardness of their hearts. Um, and he knew that they were also setting him up to accuse him. He had to overlook all of these things to get back into the place of grace and compassion um, because he had to forgive them, actually, because they had no delight in seeing a man with a withered hand healed. Um, this was, you know, all they, all these people could see, as you said, was the violation of their, of their law. But Jesus was seeing it as the violation of the law of love. Um, so they were trying so hard to keep their traditions pure and keep themselves pure and holy under the counsel of the law that only brought them into the place of, of uh, exposing them to the hardness of their hearts. Um, so they were trying to, but anyway, to give it up. Jesus had to give up his moment, you know, his temptation, I believe, to just blast them, walk away, do nothing, uh, and, and go forward. But so this is the power uh, anger, there are certain things that it's right to be angry about. There's a lot of injustices. But as we went back to the beginning to talk about anger is that sensitivity to injustice. And when things are not fair uh, and the wicked continually get by with their injustices and their lies and their bloodshed and their murders of the innocent and keep having the power to destroy lives of innocent people and taking away people's livelihood. People are, you're going to get angry because we're built by God to hate injustice just like God does. And so anger is that sensitivity uh, to the injustice and then the trying to fix it. And when we try to fix it, we oftentimes get hurt in the process because God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Um, so when we start judging people, we get judged. Satan uses Matthew 1, 7, 1, judge not lest you be judged. Satan actually uses that verse to sustain his case that he has a right to bring judgment upon us because we have judged other people and he has a right now to bring his demonic judgment upon us for doing that. Um, so be it, we're judged by the enemy who uses the the uh, um, uh, his he uses our anger to bring uh, judgment against us. Um, so that it, it just becomes a vicious circle. So how do we ever get justice? You mean when we're trying to get revenge ourselves? Or, or yeah, or judge people or, you know, yeah, if we're not doing it with a heart of compassion and forgiveness, it can be used uh, totally against us. So if we're, we see injustice and then we said, you know what, I'm going to do, it seems like God isn't doing, stand up, yeah, it right, seems like right, God yeah. isn't doing anything about this. Mm-hmm. So what? Let's let's us do something about right. it now. Let me the, just hold on. Can I comment on that? Yeah, because that's a really good point. So when God doesn't deal with the injustices and we take the matters into our own hands, there are times when God does call people to stand up against uh, unrighteousness and injustice. But 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 we have to do it in the spirit of the living God and in the spirit of compassion and in the spirit of forgiveness, not in the spirit of vengeance and anger. 
uh, and wrath uh, because otherwise it turns upon our own head. Right. Well, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11, it says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. So there is a time. Well, there's a time, yeah. The the thing Mm -hmm. is to, Jesus didn't call us just to be pacifists. Mm -hmm. So we just let everything go. Yeah, we release. Vengeance belongs to the Lord. We're not here to get vengeance. But we are here to address evil. Stand for righteousness, right? Stand for righteousness. And and preach the truth. And so there's two sides to this coin. But the problem is um, we often only look at one side of it uh, and we either take matters into our own hands or we become totally passive and, and defeated and we don't know what to do in the, in the midst of anger. And then we become confused. And that's a problem because when we're confused about these injustices uh, and it says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. And we don't realize that the anger that's not being dealt with by God and not being corrected is actually taking root inside of our being. Anger um, I call bitterness is, is swallowed anger, anger that's mm-hmm. not dealt with. We just hide it, keep it inside, stay mad, smoldering kind of. So stay mad until I get to get justice, until you repent, until you apologize. And this actually, the smoldering starts a fire in our own bodies, literally. But going back to one of the problems with confusion, um, is it time to you know stand for righteousness and declare the truth? Yes. Is it time to let God have the vengeance? Yes. Um, but we have to do it in the right spirit. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the whole. That's the whole key. We can stand for righteousness. Jesus did it there in in Mark. He 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 saw. He was in the midst of anger, in the midst of injustice, in the midst of the, the hardened hearts and the, the the wickedness of this these people, these Pharisees. He was able to turn it over to the Father, have compassion, heal the man who needed healing, and go on. Yeah, even though those the Pharisees and the Herodians that were involved in the political system, the political system and the religious system say, we hate you, we want to do everything to destroy you. Because they're Jesus. the systems of Satan. Yeah, they are. Of this world, the God of this yeah, world. Yeah, and they are. And so... Um, oh, can, it, I, can I answer, can I say something to this idea of God not do, dealing with injustice or delaying in the dealing with injustice? And this becomes a super problem for right for the righteous. God's not answering a prayer. Um, and we know we're praying in righteousness and we know we're praying the right prayer. We're praying for life or health or whatever. But God is is just letting the evil go on and on and mm-hmm. on. And and this is how I I, I believe it it, it, it is. Um, we ask the question, why doesn't God deal with injustices? Well here's the problem. Here's the deal. God has obligated himself to allow all of us to exercise our free will freely. So he allows those who believe lies and are following the devil and following the ways of darkness to carry out their desires that that their wills are, are given to do. Because otherwise, if he would stop everybody in their tracks immediately uh, and every evil thing would be immediately addressed, how would he not be accused of, um, you know, uh, and rightly so, of forcing people to obey him because the minute you don't obey him, there's this big retaliation. And so it's like he's forcing people. But forced obedience is not an evidence of someone's love. It's forced obedience is intimidation. And so God is committed to giving us the freedom to use our free will, even if it is destructive to us and detrimental to others. God, however, has warned us that there will be eternal consequences to those who refuse um, 
to turn from their wicked ways. Yeah, and so it seems like, you know, we can blame God for the calamities that are in the world. We call these calamities, if a storm comes down and blows mm-hmm. blows away a house, we say, oh, it's an act of God. So God gets mm-hmm. God gets blamed for what mm-hmm. the enemy does. And another thing, too, God gets blamed for mm-hmm. is that we, he allows us to have our free will and, and then, you know, we, we turn away from him. Our minds are dark and we're yeah. believing lies. We're following, on, yep. we're following the enemy, even though we don't even realize it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and so what happens, in, in Isaiah, it talks about, you know, uh, so many places. He says, it's the Lord. These things, these things you brought on yourselves. Mm-hmm. The Lord says, you, you brought this on yourself in mm-hmm. that you've forsaken me. Mm-hmm. You, you, you. You've left me, you've rejected me, you've mm-hmm. gone after idols, mm-hmm. and here's the results. Now, so what God, God Permits. is not a dictator to us saying, mm-hmm. well, you, you know, obey me or else. When he says, follow me, it's because of his love for us because he knows that if if we follow and involve ourselves in the dark side, mm-hmm. we're going to have all this disaster coming upon That's us. Right. And so this is when we look at our nation and the nations of the world, all these evil, violent, horrible tragedies, things unnecessary and tragedies, tragedies, yes, and 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 political uh, corruption, moral, yeah, it's depravity, all, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Because we have chosen, we have chosen to, to follow reject. the ways mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to reject the word mm-hmm. of the Lord, and so mm-hmm. this stuff is just comes down comes on, on us, <laughs> comes on us like an avalanche. And yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, and so here's the problem. So we, the righteous, are living in the midst of this avalanche of evil, and it's our biggest, I think, uh, temptation is to get upset and get angry at the injustice and the delays that God is permitting. Um, Even in the answers to our own prayers, there are many times I believe God uses the delay to reveal the hidden things in our hearts, you know, Mm -hmm. that really, is there a bitterness there? Is there a trust of God there? Is there a... Uh, you know, a, a temptation to take matters into your own hands or to rely upon your God. And there's many places where rely upon your God, those who rely upon their God, trust in their God, he will deliver, etc. I mean, that's everywhere. But the temptation, the pressure that we're under even now with the, you know, the world has always been full of wickedness, but nowadays it's instant. I can know, you know, 10 seconds after something atrocious and terrible happens over on the other side of the world, I can know what it was, or at least what they tell me it was. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we're constantly being inundated with all of this wickedness. And here's the deal. Um, it's more than a human is built to bear uh, without the Holy Spirit. So we are tempted with all these injustices and the delays in God's answers to prayer. Um, these are the two greatest sources of anger, I believe. They provoke people, uh, you know, the circumstances are prolonged, people are trapped, uh, the injustices continue, people get impatient with God, they get impatient with God's patience, (laughs) you know, really, because God is so patient, not willing that any should perish, he's long-suffering. It is the long-suffering of God that brings men to repentance. And so we get impatient with God's patience, and God is kind, and even to the evil and unthankful, God is kind, it says. And so we don't understand God's position, but we just want things fixed right now. Um, so we oftentimes then, if the delays in an urgent prayer um, aren't answered, or if there's delays and we don't get an answer, we start to turn against God too. 
See, we charge God. It's his right. fault. We judge God. He could. He's not caring. He should. This is our temptation to sin against God, to sin against our relationship with God, to believe lies about God. Because we think, okay, uh, if God is, is really good mm-hmm. and he really cares about us, mm-hmm. why does he allow? Mm-hmm. This is a kind of an age-old question. Why mm-hmm. does he allow all this evil, the murder of the innocent, mm-hmm. the oppression, uh, endless oppression, Mm-hmm. Uh, to just Hurt, to continue pain, sadness, on and on. Yes. How many people have to die? How many people have to be destroyed mentally, physically, spiritually before God comes in and intervenes? Well, here's the test that God is taking. He is He is in front of all of us every day, and we have all been given opportunities to judge God for being uncaring, um, unavailable, disinterested. And what it really, what Satan is really trying to do here is weaken our relationship with God and anything to separate us from God. That's called suspicions. Sin. Yeah. Satan wants us to Relying, be yeah. suspicious of God and God's intentions there's, and God's abilities. There, there's, mm-hmm. there's a topic for us, huh? Yeah. The being suspicious of God. Because, so yeah, we question because, his goodness. Yeah. Because we think a lot of times we, th- we think we know better than that's God. That's exactly right. That's, we, that's yep. a big problem we yep. have. We think so we, we know better than God. So we, yeah, you're, you're right. We question the goodness of God. We become angry and frustrated with him. Then we're tempted to take matters into our own hands, and that's basically practicing witchcraft. We believe it's up to me. God doesn't care. Uh, and there's an immense pressure put on us and on our faith to rest in the, in the finished work and the word of God. So, um, you know, a lot of times our faith collapses really under the delay, under the weight of the delay and the disappointment, and then we get angry. And so we're angry with God, and then we're, we're bitter against God. We're, you know, swallowed anger. We're, we're, we don't trust him anymore. We, we, like you said, like we said, take matters into our own hands. Um, and so here's the deal. So we have, you know, every day many opportunities to get angry. Because there are many injustices that just pile up day after day, minute after minute, you know, injustice and bloodshed and murder and lies and violence, and the wicked get by with it, and they do get by with it for now. For now. Yeah. We have to realize that the, their day is coming. That's right. And, mm-hmm. and you know, God will have mercy. Uh, God will have mercy and forgiveness. I mean, there are so many people that are very, very wicked now can be transformed by the power of Jesus. But some of them, perhaps the majority of them, are just going to continue on their ways mm-hmm. so demonized that yeah. they will just well, run, they, they, run into God one of these days and they'll be, you know, be he'll late. say to them, depart mm-hmm. from me, I, yeah. I never knew you. Well, it's like this, when Jesus saw that hardness of their heart in Mark, he had to forgive their ignorance. He really, uh, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. On the cross, that was his ultimate blanket state forgiveness because he knew all of them were being lied to and seduced and and deceived by the devil. Um, So he forgave them for their arrogance and their ignorance and the indoctrinations that he knew that they had been put under through the God of this world. Um, and, And because of that, he was able to receive the power he needed to die on the cross and the power he needed to to, uh, heal this man. But here's the deal, kind of like in the Old Testament when they were picking up the manna every day, if they kept it overnight, it would breed worms. And if we keep our anger overnight, it breeds vipers. And those vipers are little baby snakes. And they live in the room with us and they begin to sting us. uh, And especially those who are holding on to the anger. So that's why every day, every night, 
by the end of the day, you need to release these injustices back to God. And that's what, what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is, um, you know, um, uh, becoming the plaintiff and bringing the crimes and the injustices to the Lord God, the court of heaven, and let him be the judge. Forgiveness is the only remedy to all of this wickedness and injustice. Um, it's the only way to set us free from the anger so that we can be fresh the next day. So what the Lord did in that synagogue that day with a man with a withered hand, mm-hmm. is he did something good and righteous in the midst of that. In, and in was, the midst of unrighteous, unrighteousness. Yeah, yeah, in the midst of unrighteousness. He was angry and grieved at their hardness of heart. So what did he do? He did something powerful. A miracle was accomplished. But he couldn't have done that if he wouldn't have forgiven them or turned it over to God. And if he would have got mad himself and stayed mad, he could have tore that temple up and trashed everybody and had the final word for the day, but it wasn't God's will at the time. Yeah, well, you know, you jump over to Matthew 23 when he, basically chewed out the scribes and Pharisees for their evil and their wickedness. I mean, he spoke the truth. And I mean, when you, anybody now that speaks the truth mm-hmm. in love is going to get it. They're going to be attacked. They're going to be persecuted. Well, of course, Satan has to do that because he doesn't want the narrative he broken. The he doesn't want the bubble burst. He wants people to stay in, in trapped. The, in the distraction. But, but our, our, our testimony, Jerry, is our joy and our peace and our continued confidence in God in the midst of things blowing up all around us. And we think they're bad now. I think they're going to get worse. Absolutely. And so we have got to train ourselves to go to God at the end of the day and say, God, I forgive whoever it is you need to forgive, including yourself for being mad at God. Because I think that's the more insidious temptation is to become mad at God because God didn't answer my prayer. God, I'm still laying here in this condition. I'm still, you know, this person still didn't get healed. This person died and then we prayed for them to be healed. And, you know, all these injustices. Well, God has a bigger plan and he he said all things work together for good to those who love God. So this is, these are the safety nets. Okay, God, you said all things work together for good. Well, I sure don't see that right now, but I'm going to trust that that safety net's there, that you're good it's, for your word. It has. There has to be trust. In God, yeah. Because in all things, God is working together for the good of those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. In all, all things are all things. Yeah. Not just the hunky-dory, fun, glorious things, but the mm-hmm. nasty, evil, treacherous things that come against us. In Isaiah chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, it says, Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, put away the evil from evil of your doings from before my eyes. In other words, just come before the Lord, say, Lord, you know, cleanse me, deliver me, set me free. This is what really we need to do daily before the Lord. Ask for his cleansing, receive his cleansing, and put away evil. Mm-hmm. the evil of your doings cease to do evil and just stop it mm-hmm. stop it abstain from the very appearance of evil right and and uh, so um yes and he says and here's here's the the positive part verse 17 learn to do good mm-hmm. seek justice reprove the oppressor defend the fatherless Plead for the widow. So there's an action plan here. Yes, and the same thing is in Romans um, chapter 12. I think we could read this and and be very blessed here. Well, yeah, it says... um, Hey, let's start with verse um, um, 9. Let's start with 9. Okay. He says, Let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, 
cling to what is good, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Wow, this is powerful. This is this is uh, this is our action. This plan. is our behavior. <laughs> our action plan. Yeah. Action. Yeah. Look at this. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. And he said, Rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Oh boy, do we have that today. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, as it is written. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy hungers, feed him. If he thirsts, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. And verse 21. Here's the kind of wraps it all up here. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. How well said. That was great, Paul. You did a great job of wrapping up everything that we've been trying to say here. And in chapter 13, verse 8, it says, Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. So all the law is fulfilled in this, that we love our neighbor as ourselves, that we love the Lord God. And this is the big test. The big test is always a test of trust, and it's always, you know, the test is focused on our love, our ability to believe God yeah. is good all the time, to believe that we are loved by God all the time. Trust, those two words, mm-hmm. trust Trust in him at all times, the scripture says. Mm-hmm. Lean not to your own understandings. Right. In all your ways acknowledge so him. So trust mm-hmm. and love. This is where we live. Are we living according to trust? No matter how things look like, mm-hmm. how things feel like, we're trusting. And, because and, that's becomes that's you're right. And love then is our daily behavior. These things that we read mm-hmm. about in, in Romans, Romans mm-hmm. twelve, it's it's the outworking of love true love. And this is awesome. In the midst of evil and wickedness and every thing Satan is trying to do to corrupt, deceive, destroy, disappoint, discourage, depress, distract us, that God, we stay focused on God, on his word, and do what he says and, and believe that he is coming and he will reward, his reward is with him. And so, Father God, we thank you so much for um, your word. Lord, that it keeps us on track. And for those today who are struggling with uh, disappointment or um, anger and frustration and are tempted to take matters into their own hands, give them your wisdom to do the right thing, to back off, to, to, uh, to forgive, actually, to turn these matters over to you, Lord God, as the judge, and you are the righteous judge. And then we can trust you for justice, Lord God, because there's no justice in this world apart from you. Even in our own desire for justice, we cannot bring it except through you, Father. So let us uh, surrender these evil things that we're struggling with, the anger, the temptation to become bitter, to hold grudges and resentments. We surrender those as sacrifices to you on the offer, uh, offers, offerings on, this, on the altar uh, of obedience, Father God. And we ask you now for lifting off of these oppressions and these bitternesses and these judgments we've made against others so that we can be free. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Hey, by the way, check out liferecovery.com. We want you to, to get to know us. Um, we're doing a couple of new things. If you check out our YouTube channel, uh, there's um, there's a couple of uh, docu- uh, YouTube channel videos. Um, you can check t- those out at liferecovery.com or Marjorie Cole. And uh, just some fun things we're starting to do now. And let other people know, please pass on the good news. If you've found help in what, what our materials are offering, please pass on the word. It's time to let um, the people of God be encouraged and taught and raised up in the things of God. So today we'll just ask you to check out, uh, for example, the one that I love the most is um, uh, Taking God to Court. Um, taking the devil to court. Ta- I'm sorry. Well, it is. Yeah, it's taking the devil to court, but it actually is taking God to court because the devil is right. trying God uh, and, and, and for uh, on, on accusations and crimes um, of uh, you know failing to keep the universe safe and uh, abusive uses of power and conflicts of interest. So the devil is pushing all these charges against God and, and carrying them out in God's own court, uh, bringing his own witnesses. The devil's bringing witnesses from the Old Testament. And, of course, the defense attorney, Justice, he's bringing witnesses also from the Old Testament to testify against what the enemy is saying. It's a very powerful, entertaining, evangelistic, inspiring, uh, exciting uh, dramatization. It's a radio now, drama. Now, you're talking about taking the devil to court, which is a, the book, mm-hmm. and then the uh, the one, the uh, audio series is? Um, God on Trial. God on Trial. Yeah, yeah everything to... everything I do pretty much talks all about the same thing, so the titles can be a little <laughs> entangled. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, God on trial. That, yeah, that's it's it's powerful. Yeah, dramatization. If you don't believe me, just b- purchase the first episode. Well, you can just get a sample on, on the website. I think you can. I think so. I'm not sure how far along we are on that website, but we have we have samples. So yeah, or purchase the first. It's three bucks. What are you gonna do with three bucks? You know, it's change in your in your oh. pocket basically, and just check it out and uh, see if your kids like it because it's really helpful for children as well. So God bless you guys. Uh, liferecovery.com, YouTube channel Life Recovery or Marjorie Cole. Check out some of our videos there. God bless you and have a great day. God bless you. I have an emergency. What is your location? Rescue Radio. Because there's a war for your soul.